1: Welcome, 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 everybody. Great to be with you. Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. And uh, it's really been fun. I'm filling in for Andrea Kay Monday and Tuesday this week, filled in on Friday, uh, last, um, last Friday. And I hope you had a great weekend, everybody. It's, um, it was a fun weekend for me on Father's Day. And uh, it was uh, there were lots of wonderful things happening all weekend long. And I heard from a lot of folks that had great weekends. So uh, good for everybody. And um, we are settling in now. It's getting to be summer, right? Uh, you know, Monday was the uh, the first day. My kids pointed this out to me. I'd forgotten. I just wasn't paying attention to the calendar. First day of the summer of summer. I think not first full day. I think that's tomorrow. And so yeah, there there we have it. Summer's here. The heat is coming and. Um, well, we'll see how uh, how we do in California, up especially up north with the fires. You have to wonder what uh, this terrible governing is. You know, don't you think to yourself, if, 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 if Governor Gavin Newsom had a bunch of money left over, which is what he says he has, right, there's a bunch of money he wants to give away to people now, why didn't he use the money to hire some people to clean up the underbrush so there's not going to be forest fires everywhere? I mean, we're headed towards that. They're already talking about it. It says every time you turn around, they're talking about there's going to be forest fires and all this kind of stuff. And it's just crazy to me. It's it's crazy to me that we're going to watch uh, California burn. They're not even saying that they can. They're hoping to control it. They're saying, here we are, and we're going to be in the summer, and that's what we're going to get. And, uh, you just kind of shake your head and you say, is this, a, is this as good as we can possibly do? Well, in a couple of moments, we got a couple of guests, great, to, great guests today where I'm into that part of the year. I'm, I'm going to try to interview some folks that have books and some catch up on things. One of the guests later on is Stephen Mosier. Now, Stephen Mosier is the head of the uh, population. Ah, let me get it right. He, he has written for years at the, um, at, a po- about population issues and how big a lie they are. They're used as a lie all the time. And so it's, uh, it, it's really been interesting. He's a really, um, Excellent writer. It's popular, it's sorry, it's pop.org, P O P.org, and it's uh, Population Research Institute. I want to make sure I got those words in order. And so Stephen Mosher will talk about what we're seeing, what's going on. Very, very interesting, man. We'll also talk uh, to a uh, one of the uh, retired deputy sheriffs about how to be careful, how your kids can be careful. You know, it's the summer months. People are going to be doing a lot more uh, moving around. The kids will go to camps, but a lot of kids will be playing in the neighborhood. Well, uh, uh, retired deputy sheriff Robert Kahn will talk about how you can protect. protect your children from strangers and bullies. So we'll talk with him in a few moments. I have a very important segment coming up at the end of the program. In which I will explain to you a very important issue that is facing our um, community and our um, nation. Our, not our community our nations? Our nation, all of our communities, our nation, and it has to do with uh, the change in the COVID relief bill. There was a change in welfare in what used to be a system that had welfare to work, which was a requirement that people look for work. It gave them dignity. It gave them a way out. It was it really was a hand up, not a handout. And Joe Biden not only has changed that and made it so it's a handout. But he's also bragging about it, and i'll talk to you about that later on in the program all right so but let me get to uh the, the what i wanted to speak about today and that is it's the anniversary it's the anniversary of the um constitution of the constitution's ratification okay so on june twenty first on june twenty first the uh, constitution was ratified the final state you know they needed to have three quarters of the states and so it turns out that on june twenty first 1788, uh, 1788, let me make sure I got that right. Yeah, 1788, New Hampshire. New Hampshire was the last state to go ahead and rat- be the ninth state to ratify. Soon afterwards, uh, Virginia did and in, in later in June and New York after that. But because New Hampshire was the ninth, bam, it was in. And So 1788, you get on June 21st, the Constitution. And then they say, OK, we got it. Now we're going to have a government form next March. It was March at that time. You know, we have the we have the inauguration in June. And then it was March, March 4th. So that's a big this is a big day. This is a big day. And what I'm reminded of, and one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you about it, and I want to bring it up, is to highlight this. Over the weekend, I fell into a discussion with a friend of mine who said, don't get caught, Ed, arguing against everything and calling everything names. He said, like critical race theory, everybody is calling it Marxist and racist and all. He said, people don't really know what to do with the labels. They know they hate it, and they know they don't like it. They know they don't. They know they hate it and they don't like it for their kids. But his point was, make it. Do, you've got to do some things that are positive. That he said, and he said, well, like for, and I said, well, what the, I told him, example, I talk about the Pledge of Allegiance all the time. He said, that's good, the flag all the time. Over the weekend, Macy Gray, the singer performer. I don't really know what Macy Gray sings or performs anymore. I think Macy Gray was a kind of a one hit wonder. If I recall correctly, uh, Macy Gray sang like a kind of a, a, a love song that was um, uh, like a, a love song that was kind of hip hop or, or uh, R&B or something. So I think she was a one hit wonder. But anyway, over the weekend, Macy Gray said, um, you know what? It turns out uh, that the American flag, it, it, it's racist and it needs to go. Really? the American flag, it, I mean, it doesn't, uh, that doesn't, I mean, I guess it doesn't surprise me because, um, that's the, uh, that, that's the extent that the left will go crazy, but it still sort of surprises me. I mean, but you know, so, but w- my friend said, <coughs> pardon me, before be some things that you're talking about that are, that are big and, and that are, that you can kind of, um, uh, uh, talk through and teach about so that you're not just being against things. Um, and so it was, um, this was a good, this was a very good point. I mean, I thought he was, uh, he was right on this. Um, and it's, uh, and so he said, so I said, well, the flag, we talked about the flag. We, we talked about the, um, uh, the Pledge of Allegiance. He liked that. And um, he also then, uh, then we got into the discussion and he said, also, you've got to make sure that you're talking about the constitution. And the constitution, he said, is a great tool. So that's why when I saw that today was the anniversary, think of this, that constitution, it's so important for lots of reasons. Now, by the way, it's so important because even when we had to get better, pass some laws, pass some constitutions, you know, get women to vote, protect voting rights, we're able to do it because the Constitution was so uniquely designed. But, but even uh, including that, along the lines of that, do you know the Constitution as a written document is one of the most extraordinary successes we've ever seen? And the success includes things like the patent right, patents and trademarks in the Constitution give people like nowhere in the world has ever had. All these years, two centuries plus, has the right, if you're an inventor, you can invent something and you get the right to use it. You don't have to ask the king, you don't have to ask the parliament, you don't have to ask the legislature. You get the right to use it. And it incentivized behavior. I tell you all the time, people do things based on incentives. They're human. It incentivized behavior. The structure of our government, even though there are things we're worried about and not happy about, the balance between the state and federal government, it's still extraordinary. It's, still, it's extraordinarily stable. The Second Amendment, extraordinary. Now, that was the past. If we, we, to be honest, the, the Bill of Rights came a few years after this. 1791 is when the Bill of Rights was finally affirmed. But the, my point here is our Constitution, written document, there's almost nothing like it. And when you look back at the history And when I say almost nothing like it, in political and human history, there's very few things that have sustained with such power. Scripture is one, Holy Scripture, but not many others. And you do think to yourself, wow, this was divinely inspired. So uh, we go on offensive too. We want to be on the offense, defending the good things and saying how valuable they are. All right, I got to run. We got too many great guests. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on a Pro America Report, back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. Our next guest, uh, very helpful timing, very helpful timing. Our next guest is Robert Kahn. He has a master's degree in education. That would be good enough. He also was a deputy sheriff, if I'm getting it right. And uh, he has a series of books... I was telling everyone, sir, uh, in the in the open, that it is a perfect timing. Summer's coming on us today. Is I think the uh, what is it? The twenty first of June is the first day of summer, and the first full day is tomorrow. So, uh, and Robert Kahn has developed a, some uh, tools how how you can how you can protect your child from strangers and bullies. And I'll put up on social media his website. How are you, sir?
0: I'm fine, thank you.
1: First let me ask you this broad question Has has things gotten worse now Or is it every period of time You sort of feel like you're at the worst time
0: um, I think this is an endless problem There doesn't seem to be one year That's more than the other um, mm-hmm. These tips are in, in all my books Are good for Whether it be 1999, 2021 Or Mm 2031 they're timeless they're pretty well perfected they were all from programs i taught
1: Hmm. So we're t- again we're talking uh, with uh, Robert Kahn and the books. I'm looking on the website the, the Bobby and Mandy Safety Series. Uh, okay. So what's the what's the best one for right now? We're going into the summer. Is it you know careful of strangers? You know a lot of kids will be in different settings, so they'll be at a camp or they'll be playing in a, a different you know a, a, not in the schoolyard but in someplace else. Is that the best sort of um, one or you know a valuable one to talk about right now?
0: Um, that's the one that sells the most, but they're all valuable. I have good touch, bad touch. I have don't hide abuse. I have uh, mm-hmm. too smart for bullies. Yeah, they're all good at this time of the year. Stranger, strangers are are scary because they have lots of times to think about the trick they're going to try to get a child to lure them with.
1: Mhm. And that book is called Too Safe for Strangers, right? That's one of the books that where I'm looking at them. There's other ones, uh, Too Smart for Bullies. I like that one too. Uh, as you mentioned, Good Touch, Bad Touch, Don't Hide Abuse. Okay, so what's the what's the most uh, you know? Again, you taught these as a, a deputy sheriff and as an educator now too. Um, you you know this stuff. What's the um, what's the factors that make things more likely? Ignorance of kids, uh, new environment, uh, lack of supervision. What is it? Give me some ideas on what to sort of watch for.
0: I think the main key is whenever a child goes somewhere, always let their parents know where they're going and to call them when mm-hmm. they get there. Because what happens in, luckily my book spoiled all the attempts, but what happens in the attempts, the parents didn't usually know where they were or the child was by himself. The best thing, of course, is if you can go somewhere with a friend or two. That seems to deter mm-hmm. people.
1: Is the um, all right? So and in the summer, uh, but but nowadays, people, kids have cell phones. Are the are the cell phones useful enough in the sense that um, they they will protect you? I mean, I, I I hate to say it, but you can track most everything. Right? Or, or are the bad guys onto that too?
0: Um, the cell phone is good, but the problem is, if a child gets taken, by the time people realize they've been taken. They can be miles away. I mean, in the town I live in, every way out of here is a highway. And so they can be miles away before anything really is notified
1: yeah all right so now uh, i'm i'm uh, let's say i'm running um I'm running a camp or i've got a, a church camp what's the best uh what t- give me the tools tell me tell me the tools that you recommend people uh be, people kind of get clued into and 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 how would you do it i mean a lot of people are starting even with homeschooling everyone's starting their home homeschooling um, you know there's a lot of attention on lots of stuff uh, what's walk us through how you would say be thoughtful and not and not also drive kids crazy right we got kids that are afraid of covid they're afraid Afraid of this, afraid of that we don't want to make them nuts either right
0: well that's true probably one of the best tips is strangers adults need nothing from children they need to ask other adults they don't need children hmm. to help them find their puppy they don't need children to help them find their lost child i mean whatever the stranger dreams up they should be talking to adults Children do not have to talk to people they don't know. They're not being rude. They're being safe.
1: Right, right. That boy, that's a great one. That's because that's what you hear. Right. You hear people say, oh, yeah, you know, I need help. What they say to a little kid. Can you give me directions? A little kid doesn't have directions anyway. That should be the sort of number one thing. Um, OK. Well, again, we're talking with uh, Robert Kahn and uh, I'll put his website up. Uh, it's Bobbyandmandy.com dot com is where his books are. Um, again, let me I, I hate to dwell on this, but are we are we at a time where because of the um, the uh, you know, the the fact that there are more strangers? I, I when I li- when I was a boy on my block. There were only one, maybe, let's see, two, four, six, eight, ten, fifteen, maybe fifteen houses on our block was a horseshoe, and only one or two over decades, maybe my whole childhood, ever changed. So we knew everybody. You knew if there was a weird car, you knew it. And now, as much as everybody moves and as things change, almost everybody's a stranger. I mean, that's a big difference, isn't it?
0: Yes, it is. And you're right. Times have changed. I mean... When I grew up, it was safe to play out in the street at night and not be fearful. Exactly. You have right. to be aware. So, yeah, things are different, a lot different than when you and I grew up.
1: Yeah, and I guess the other thing is uh, one good thing about, you mentioned earlier, is telling children hey, um, you know, call call when you get somewhere is nowadays, I remember when I was a kid again, you'd call when you got there, meant if you arrived at somebody's house, you know, and you let's say we're going out to play, and then my parents would say you can go ahead and play, and you go over to the Schwartz's house they were like, I don't know, you know, a half a mile away when we got there, to call and say we were there safe, I had to ask Mrs. Schwartz to use her phone now you got phones, right, people can text, people can do, you can even do uh, find an iPhone or trackers or whatever, so in some sense, it's safer or it's easier to stay in touch. What about the um, what about the problem of um, and I, I I can say this out of my own experience of. Um, overbearing parents who are like looking over their kid's shoulders so much so that you run the risk of having the kid, you know, look to get away from it. I mean, you know what I mean? Like I, I, my, I get my daughter, I say, you know, you have your phone because I want to track you down. I want to be able to, and if I I was her at some point, I'd probably be like, I'm sick of my dad tracking me down. I mean, there's this kind of catch 22 about technology.
0: And that's true, but the children want to be wanted i mean and and that's what gets them in trouble with strangers you know the the stranger needs a favor well the child wants to help so i don't think that's a real issue i think children appreciate their parents wanting to know where they are and and being um, protective
1: yeah Yeah, I think I think so. I mean, I think so. I guess I'd say maybe I shouldn't let my shouldn't be talking about myself. Okay, uh, again, Robert Kahn. uh, Tell me another thing about this uh, situation. You mentioned bullies. I mean, bullies, it feels like everybody had everybody had the experience, I think, growing up of feeling inadequate versus somebody else and somebody being a jerk. So was that bullying? I guess it was. We got a lot of attention on bullying, and it's true, you don't want bullying past a certain point, but you also, kids got to grow up, right? Sometimes you're the bully, sometimes, I don't, I, I don't mean this totally, sometimes you're the bully, meaning sometimes you're the one that has an advent advantage on the schoolyard, another time you don't that's not quite the same as being a bully right so is there a danger that anybody uh, who's acting like a bunch of boys or a bunch of i don't know uh 10 year olds is going to be called a bully and and then do we run into trouble where i don't know the the schools are involved in, in deciding to regulate everything how does that balance go
0: when, when i first started realizing there was a bully problem it was kind of a um, new territory now a lot of school districts have bullying programs Probably the biggest secret is don't keep it a secret. Children are bullied mm-hmm. and they're scared. Of saying well, that's wrong. You have to tell trusted adults. And if the first trusted adult doesn't believe you, talk to somebody else until they do. Because keeping it a secret is only hurting you. I mean, people have scars from years ago because they were bullied and they didn't tell anybody.
1: Mm-hmm. That's great advice. See, that's why you're doing this. All right, well, Robert Kahn, appreciate it very much. Again, the website I'm looking at right now, bobbyandmandy.com, a whole series of books and really good advice. If you go there, you can see uh, all the different uh, ways that uh, Robert Kahn, he can come and speak at your places, he can do interviews. Uh, it is, uh, that's, that's a great answer. Thank you. Thanks for taking the time, and uh, we'll hope for a safe and happy summer. Thank you very much, sir.
0: Okay, thank you. And, and on the first page of my uh, website is a video which explains the five main books. So people should take the two men watch that.
1: Okay. I'll make sure they do. Thanks very much, sir. We'll take a break, everybody. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Great to catch up with an old friend of mine. Stephen Mosher is uh, over at the Population Research Institute, and it's the best website, POP.org, POP.org, Population Research Institute. So much information there. Uh, Stephen himself is an incredibly uh, successful writer, uh, commentator. He has been writing on this issue. In fact, uh, I meant to. I, well, I'll tell him. I was, um, I was watching, I forget what, with my kids, um, and they were talking... Talking about how there's been oh no it was a different uh, different author who sent me a book on uh, environmentalism we were talking about how the number of times there's been these this hysteria over x or y and uh, one of them that I remember so well is the late Phyllis Schlafly talking about how there were a set of people who were back in the 70s talking about overpopulation and we must therefore change dramatically what we're doing including uh, abortion as well as as uh, the um, uh, as a contraceptive contraceptives and uh, Stephen mosher has been working on this especially by the way in china where he spent a time early in his career in the late 1970s uh, and he's written on that a bunch he's written a number of books bestsellers uh, and so uh, one of them which is what i really wanted to refer us to because there's been talk of this the book that i'm referring to is a mother's ordeal one woman's fight against china's one child policy so if you watch closely i think it was the wall street journal over the weekend front page article on China relaxing their policy on the number of children. Now, Stephen Mosher, before we get to the underlying policy, how often do the Chinese spin the world press to try to look like they're being reasonable? Isn't this, it feels like they're trying to sort of (laughs) change their PR. Isn't that a big part of what China does?
2: Well, of course, it's all propaganda. The Chinese Communist Party has no regard for the truth. Uh, It tells what serves its own purposes. And it may be true. It may be partly true. It may be completely false. It doesn't matter. The truth the reality is irrelevant. It is only what serves the party's interest. And and so, uh, you know, you have to take everything, not just with a grain of salt from China, but with the whole uh, shaker. It's all politics all the time. And, of course, we can talk about how that's becoming true in America, true uh, as well, sadly. But uh, the Chinese Communist Party is past masters at this thing. Uh, Chairman Mao said a long time ago that... Uh, the Chinese Communist Party has three magic weapons. Uh, it has the People's Liberation Army, of course, to kill people when they revolt. But it also has propaganda and united front tactics. And propaganda mm. is very important because that's how you brainwash people. The Communist Party invented brainwashing way back in the 1930s. And, and that's what uh, propaganda is really all about, is creating an alternate reality in the minds of the Chinese people and people around the world to advance the, the interest of the Chinese Communist Party. They're very good at it.
1: We're talking. Yeah, they sure. Are. And OK, let me pause on that front and ask you, because because, again, we're talking with Stephen Mosher, who's got experience living in China, observing China, all these things. Um I've been saying for a while that the power of big tech, along with media, which has gone sort of shamelessly into brainwashing, you know, the cable news and all, and big government. And actually, I was corrected by a friend of mine. who said big, big, uh, big academia is in there. But let's just focus for a yeah. second. And you just mentioned propaganda, Stephen. The power of big tech and big media to define what we know, because what we see and what we are are is affirmed to us is what we know. A lot of people are our condition now to know stuff and 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 it's it 's through the media and through big tech and why wouldn 't china they 've got their finger in big business they 've got their finger in big academia they 've got their finger in, not more than their finger they 've got their money in right and they 've got all over the world they 've got their uh their, their their money tons and tons of money in big infrastructure and the belt and road initiative how is it don 't you agree and maybe you can expound on this that the communist regime guaranteed they 're using big tech and big media against us in any way they can, which is very sophisticated.
2: Well, there's no question about it that I mean, they've honed their skills over the past 70 years of controlling 1.4 billion people in China, and they're using the same techniques around the world. They literally have uh, thousands, tens of thousands of people. Uh, they're called Wumao. They get paid 50 cents a post to try to dominate Instagram and Twitter with pro uh, China messages. Of course, Instagram and Twitter and all the other American-made social media outlets are banned in China. Uh, but of course, China tries to use them to advance its propaganda interests overseas. Uh, then you've got the Thousand Talents Program, which we should really call you know, the 10,000 Talents Program or the 100,000 Talents Program, because they're recruiting people left and right in the United States to serve their interests uh, by offering them Uh, scholarships, by offering them uh, all-expense-paid trips to China, uh, by giving donations to the universities, uh, for supposedly for research, which is actually for espionage. So it is a no-holds-barred effort. They're spending over—well, they've recently increased their budget for these kinds of things by billions and billions of dollars. So they're putting big money into the idea that they can compromise and undermine American society. And unfortunately, they're finding a lot of uh, people on this side of the Pacific— Uh, Willing to go along with them for, uh, and and be bought off for, for peanuts, literally.
1: It is amazing to see that part of it, Stephen. And I, and I have to say, and, and you know, you kind of shake your head. And again, we're talking with Stephen Mosher and, and again, pop.org, the Population Research Institute. There's a lot more we're going to get to, I promise. But you know, talking about the communist regime in China, you were there in 79 is before the Cold War ended with the Soviets, where we all recognized by the late 80s as the wall fell and then early 90s when the, the, when the Soviet Union burst apart, they had been using every possible infiltration. They had used spies. They had used uh, money investments. They had used Everything, And now we're somehow somehow are wondering why we think the communist Chinese, well, they might be taking advantage of us in international trade. No, no, there's no way the communists don't go all out in every way. But let me pause. I want to get to the important conversation here. The Chinese regime. And the Chinese vision was one-child policy. They're relaxing that. Walk us through what this means. What does it really mean? Does it is it really sort of uh, are they really sort of altruistic? They want people to have big families. I don't think so. Do they really? Isn't there a factor here that they don't want to have? I uh, don't think they want to have more girls, right? So walk us through what the one-child child policy is is yielding to, and if it means anything that we're being told.
2: Well, let let's start with uh, uh, what happened forty years ago when I was in China. They announced a one-child policy. They began arresting women for the crime of being pregnant. They hauled them off to abortion centers. The women were, in some cases, six, seven, eight, nine months pregnant. Uh, Babies were being killed at birth uh, by infanticide. They were being killed by lethal injection and then uh, delivered, quote, unquote, uh, by cesarean section abortion. So that was going on. Uh, I was an eyewitness to that when I was in China back in 1981, 80. And uh, that continued for decades. They only abandoned the one-child policy in 2016. And the reason they abandoned it was not because they started having moral qualms about forced abortion, forced sterilization, female infanticide, all the rest. They abandoned it because they began in 2016 to have a labor shortage. And all of a sudden, the Hmm. geniuses who run the Chinese Communist Party sat up and took notice and thought, "Uh, maybe we need more workers and soldiers in the future. Maybe it wasn't such a good idea to kill off 400 million of the most productive enterprising people in the world uh, in utero now, that's what they did of course for up until 2016 they were bragging about the success of their one-child policy and saying that they have filled up more people in China than the entire population of the United States which is true and until 2016 they thought they were better off now they realize they have a problem their population is aging and now dying this year and the population of China they're not admitting it. Of course, they don't admit anything. Their population is beginning to decline for the first time. They're actually filling more coffins than cradles in China this year, and that will only accelerate in the future. China's population is aging more rapidly than any human population has ever aged. So what do they do? Well, in 2016, they said, well, you know, you can have a second child. Nobody wanted to have a second child in China. Why? Because 40 years of one-child, anti-natal, anti-child propaganda had done their work. Young people don't want to get married in China. To get married, they don't want to have more than one child, if they even have one. So now they're going to a three-child policy. But here's what's on the horizon. What's on the horizon is they're already saying in internal party documents that young Communist Party members should have three children and that contraceptives should be banned and that if they don't have three children, they shouldn't be promoted. So the party is supposed to lead the way in everything, right? That's the way communist systems work. Well, communist party members are told they must lead by example and have three children. What happens in the party will soon happen in the country at large. They're going to be enforcing forced pregnancy, I predict, before very much more time passes. I don't know if people are familiar with uh, The Handmaid's Tale, but The Handmaid's Tale, is going to come to life in china i predict in the years to come there's going to be forced pregnancy. young women will be told you will get married uh, you will have three children the trouble with that is that they've killed off so many baby girls in china that there is so right. few young women of childbearing age in china that even if every young woman gets married and has three children it won't be enough to offset the population decline so you know, I see I see lots of coercion coming, not to stop people from having children, which was what happened in decades past, but to force young women to have children. What will the feminists do then, Ed?
1: Yeah. I, I am, that's This is an amazing thing. For all the times that I tell people that we have to worry about China and the communist regime, it's mostly because they're so ruthless. They'll do anything and their their values oh, yeah. will be... Uh, will be but, but I also, they have real problems, right? I mean, you cannot... The Soviet Union discovered this. You cannot run a communist regime with hundreds of millions, in the case of 1.2 billion, and you know, and go very well. Hey, unfortunately, Stephen, I have to go. I'm out of time, but I want to have you back. I'll, I'll line it up to get you back. This is an important topic. People are kind of missing it. Stephen is over at uh, the Population Research Institute, POP.org. Thank you for your time, sir.
2: Thank you, Ed. Great show.
1: Okay, thank you, sir. We'll we'll take a break, everybody. Be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment.
2: This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary
1: continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Generally speaking, liberals love nothing more than a sweeping generalization. They relish the chance to take a few bad cases and project them on entire groups of people. It happens with gun owners. It happens with police officers. It even happens with married men. Feminists take tragic cases of spousal domestic violence and try to use these exceptions to disprove the rule that marriage is the safest place for women to be. Let's break through these stereotypes and look at the facts. According to the Department of Health and Human Services' Journal of Family Issues, cohabitating couples are substantially more likely to experience domestic violence than their married peers, even when factors like history of family violence and socioeconomic status have been accounted for. This was attributed in the study to the fact that married couples typically have high levels of commitment and quality, along with high constraints to ending their relationships. Of course, most people would intuitively know this to be true. Married couples are obviously more committed in general. That sounds like a scientific paper touting the discovery that water is wet. Yet in today's politically charged atmosphere, it's helpful to point to studies showcasing the value of marriage. If you don't trust a study in the Journal of Family Issues from HHS, consider a report to Congress on child abuse and neglect published by the same HHS. This report found that children of unmarried parents are four times more likely to be abused than children of married biological parents. Of course, I'm not out to call unmarried parents child abusers. Unlike leftists, I don't make sweeping generalizations. However, if you want to talk about the safest place for women and children, the traditional nuclear family is the gold standard. The feminist Betty Friedan famously said that marriage is akin to a comfortable concentration camp. Clearly, she didn't get that impression from statistics. All numbers indicate that marriage is designed to give peace shelter and safety to all who rely on it let's stop idolizing these feminist icons with chips on their shoulders if we want to create a society that offers real opportunities for women the last thing we should do is shrug off the institution of marriage
2: this has been the phyllis schlafly report from phyllis schlafly eagles the traditional family is the building block of our communities and country That's why it's imperative to support strong marriages, respect fathers, and champion stay-at-home moms. At phyllisschlafly.com, we oppose the liberal attempt to redefine the family. To join us, visit phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report.
1: Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on a Pro America Report. As I mentioned earlier, I want to cover a very important issue. And if you go over to ProAmericaReport.com, you can sign up for my daily emails. This will be in the email tomorrow. Also, uh, I will make sure this is a standalone segment you can listen to. But I want to point to something very important. As you know, I've had him on my show many times. Mickey Kaus, K-A-U-S. Mickey Kaus is a writer, commentator, and he has a great... I wish he blogged more, but he mostly tweets and his twitter feed is at cows mickey k-a-u-s mickey and he also um does a, uh, a a video blog i guess it's called the parrot room i think if you go to his twitter feed you'll find it it's very good And, you know, I've told you a couple times, he's very helpful on seeing uh, what is happening, especially in certain policy areas and how it fits to politics. One of them is immigration. He's been writing about it for years, years about immigration, the impact of immigration. He pokes through and sees what the lies are. Another one is um, uh, the role of the unions, uh, how the unions especially have been distorting things policy wise and all. But another one that's important, very important, that's what I want to cover today today is the topic of what would be called welfare reform and so under the in the Clinton era and I'm going to summarize this and if I butcher it I'll he'll tell me and I'll have him back on the show and he can walk us through it but back in the Clinton era the sort of um, coming together of Gingrich and the Republican Revolution and Clinton's desire to do something succeed at something that he could try to you know get some credit for and pick up some votes because he was a mess uh, brought them together to do welfare reform and the popular notion that was very important and turned out to be successful was to remove from the welfare system times incidents incidents where you were paid money To not work. And so the idea was welfare to work was you only got welfare if you actually went out and looked for work. And this created two things. One is some people dropped off the rolls because they didn't want to be bothered. But some people got jobs, either one of them pretty effective. And frankly, the people that are left were usually uh, eligible and often eligible for more uh, more specific types of aid, like disability or something like that, although the disability system has been abused. Well, today and, and earlier on uh, Monday morning, I got this text. Um, I, I got it as a text. And I went on Twitter. Mickey Kaus has a tweet about Happy Child Tax Credit Awareness Day. And this is a and there's a video from Senator Bennett. It's tweeted by Senator Bennett of of. Uh, President Biden, a two-minute video, and it talks about childtaxcredit.gov. But what Mickey Kaus points out, and this is so important, is the reality is that the relief bill the covid relief bill and we did talk about this a few months ago it included in there a provision that paid people welfare paid people money to not look for work so it changed the system that used to say if you're going to get welfare you're going to have to look for work it's going to cause you to get back in the system well the child tax credit under the relief act the covid relief act said that a whole bunch of people that didn't pay taxes of any kind because they didn't make any money they just get money sent to them and they're just getting money sent to him. and biden goes into how great this is and what mickey kouse points out is this is a terrible issue politically because everybody who works is for relief for themselves and other people generally in, in, a, in a time of huge crisis or or they and i shouldn't say everyone most americans would say if someone is really stuck we ought to do some things to help him or her if someone has really had a hard time, you know that we're going to be compassionate, we've been conditioned to do that, whether we spend too much money or not is a different thing. But in this case, the Child Tax Credit Awareness Day, which is what the Biden administration has called it, is actually a celebration of completely turning on its head the idea Of helping out our fellow Americans and politically it's very very bad for Democrats because what you can easily say is we're giving money to people and they don't have to even try to work and you know what that creates a massive incentive to not work it creates a massive the word is kind of coarse and sounds mean underclass a set of people that will never ever try even to work and they're celebrating this. In fact, Biden's video goes on at the maybe it's a two minute video about one minute and 45 seconds. And he says, yeah, and this is so good, but it's only for 2021. We really need to get people to go ahead and uh, and redo this. The Congress needs to pass it so we can keep going on into the future. But be clear, he admits in the video that some people that pay some taxes We'll get, a ta- we'll, get the, we'll get the payment in their, in the, because they're in the IRS system. They'll get money. The you know, IRS knows that they pay taxes and they'll get some money. And he's actually calling out for people that have paid no taxes, that pass this on to your friends that pay no taxes so they can find a way to get this. And remember... The point of of Mickey Kaus in this case is he doesn't like this idea in general because welfare welfare to work is actually more effective. It's more me. Well, I put words in his mouth, but I can see the arguments around it is it's a system that actually lets people get more meaningful lives. They get work. They get out from under. They're motivated. they, They use incentives in how people operate to give them a better way forward. That's what I think welfare to work did. And so you're not, you know, and, and, and it's classic. Bill Clinton got a lot of credit for it. The Republicans got a lot of credit for it. It's really good government. And it's not creating a dependency and creating a kind of system that goes on. And so what Mickey Kousley, about, my point here is Mickey, I think, would like the policy welfare to work. But he also will tell you, and he does this in this tweet. It's a, you know, happy child tax credit awareness day, Mickey Kouse writes, and I'll put this up on social media. When Democrats give Republicans the issue that should give the GOP control of at least the House, it's a welfare plan disguised as a tax credit that sends checks to families that don't work or try the opposite of Clinton's welfare reform. So if you want, to, instead of trying to say something out loud like, oh, they're socializing America, which most people don't know what that means. and they're not, they're not sure what you're complaining about. You just simply say, we had a system really started in the late 60s through the 70s into the 80s. And the system was incentivizing people, welfare queens. Remember that? There was that Reagan had that phrase. It was incentivizing people doing something that was really not very good for their lives, which is being passive and receiving money and the government funding it, and it created a dependency. As I said, the word is ugly, underclass, but it did. And there were even incentives at various times to have, if you had more kids, you got more money, but you couldn't get a job. If you got a job, you'd be penalized. And so Mickey Kaus is pointing out that not only is this bad policy and it is a really bad issue for democrats and i agree i think you will see some democrats lose seats based just on this issue if republicans are more disciplined in their messaging but suburban uh, suburban democrat districts that may have sort of gotten a seat because they were people were uh, you know are a little bit more liberal but they're not particularly happy right now about two things schools that's a mess and now they find out that what we're creating this terrible because you can say With all sincerity and well, and the messaging can be well well done, that not only is it a bad use of money, but it's demeaning to people. It's different than giving them a hand up. It's giving them a handout that traps them. And that's what uh, Mickey Kaus was getting at. It's very effective. I mean, very important. He's a good, really good for this. So check that out again. Happy Child Tax Credit Awareness Day. When Democrats give Republicans the issue that should give Republicans the House. Sounds right. All right, everybody. Thank you, as always, for our great technical director, Noah, for helping keep everything online and also Joanna for booking our guests. I will be back tomorrow. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Visit pro to follow all of this. Talk to you tomorrow. America report on The Answer San Diego.